A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. Hi, I'm Sarah Smith. If you're the type of person that goes to liberty as other people would go on safari, and the fact that John Lewis doesn't have a funeral service makes you fret, Sarah Smith cleaning cloths are for you. Sarah Smith, available from Sainsbury's for the Posher Washer. Proud sponsors of Dumpty Dum. This week's episode is sponsored by Voitel. They provide business telephone systems, latest technology, customised and tailored to suit business requirements, remote management and configuration. Their selling points are that they lower costs by removing line rentals, increase flexibility and fit in with the business rather than making the business fit in with their phone system. They're based in mainland UK. Hmm. For further information, email info at vital.co.uk or call 033 this is Dumpty Dum, the show about the reality docudrama that centred on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the Edwardian Chaise Lounge, that is Royfield Brown, and with me I have the moth-eaten deck chair, that is... Lucy Freeman. And the last part of our half-landing folks is you. Now, today's Dumpty Dum comes from the Snowdrop Posse in Shaftesbury from last week. And thank you, everybody, who tweeted me pictures of snowdrops. And were just <laughs> bowled over by the fact I had no idea what these little pretty flowers were all about. And yes, I had watched Breakfast with Mussolini. Oh, Tea with Mussolini, sorry. But it was a long time ago. So there you go. Thank Breakfast you. Breakfast was the prequel. Yes. Ah-ha-ha. Uh-huh. Um, now, Lucy... <clears throat> Mm-hmm. We need to stay on message because we have a review and a half which says we wander off and they're not happy. So, right, let's okay. just whip okay. through things. Keep yes. right. So, dumpy dums. Yep. Someone wants to send one. How can they do that? <laughs> do we have to speak really fast? Yes. Well? If you'd like to sing us a Dumpty Dum, give us a plot prediction or get overly competitive about jam, then ring us on 02030313105 or leave us a message on SpeakPipe. Thanks to Cosmo for his podcast roundups, to Sarah Smith for sponsoring us. 
to Shambridge's for her amazing voices and to Derek for the loan in the back bedroom. Derek is still recovering from Joe Grundy's birthday party. He decided to have a go at the line dancing, but he gave it up when Auntie Cardboard couldn't grasp his travelling Applejack. <laughs> You're any good at line dancing. Can you imagine me line dancing? For a start, I can't tell... I reckon you've got the hips for it, Lucy. <laughs> and you know what? Those hips don't lie. <laughs> <laughs> Even doing aerobics was one of the most terrifying moments of my life because he that they said, right, go left. You know, they do all this grapevine malarkey and, you know, mm. if she's going da-da-da to the left and I'm going right and I look up and there's 30, 30 women in Lycra coming thundering towards me. It was bloody terrifying. So, that, no, that I am not. That, to me, not. sounds like my ultimate dream. <laughs> But anyway, on this week's episode, we have calls from Naked Fingers, who's crossed with Associated Press, Steve, who thinks Rob is going to be hit up the arse. <laughs> join, join the queue of the people that wanted to be hit up the arse there, Steve. Cosmo, is that, is that Steve bye-bye? Bonkers, Steve. Yes. Oh, fantastic. Right, Cosmo, who thinks Kirsty's up the clanger. Fiona, who thinks Toby's getting bored. Jojo Sexy Heels, who's been working the figures. Witherspoon, who wants to know what Alan was thinking. And Goddess Diva, who, want to know, who wants to know... And Goddess Diva, who wants to know who's abducted Peggy. But first, before the caller in us, before the review from hell, it's Lucy V. Freeman's week <laughs> in Ambridge. We began the week with Clary and Susan thinning down mayonnaise. It's food, not Tipex, for crying out loud. <laughs> this was in aid of Joe Grundy, 95, who had his birthday with horrible food and some wildly inappropriate music at Grange Farm, where he belongs and where he's had so many of his birthdays with horrible food and inappropriate music. Caroline was at the party, still doing her po-faced Lady Bountiful impression until Joe said he felt he might live forever and Caroline came over a bit faint <laughs> and lay down on the terribly comfortable Edwardian chaise long that Joe had conveniently left in the pond. Mm. NB, chaise longs are never comfortable. They are like sitting on a horsehair park bench. And apparently Neville Booth has come out of his shell and won't shut up. He's like a different man. So that's another new horse he's got to Oliver was trying to delay giving the Grundys a proper tenancy agreement rather than the one the Grundys drew up themselves, which said, Joe can live here until he dies and storing his dead body in the loft does count. Oliver ran away from horrible Auntie Caroline and went to, to paddle in the Grey Gables swimming pool instead while she shouted, I can still see you, Oliver, when he hid under an inflatable hippo. The Grundys invited him to their cider party and Caroline said he couldn't go as he hadn't done his homework. So Joe said if Oliver made his bed and did as much of his homework as he could, then Joe would call for him and see if he would come out for a small play after tea. Mm -hmm. So he did. Bless. We must also celebrate with a clap for Pat. A heavily ironic clap. Her daughter, newly released from a physical prison and a mental prison in which she was made to feel incapable, announces that she wants to return to driving and the first thing her mother says is, oh dear darling, do you think you should? Way to go boosting her confidence, Pat. Well done. <laughs> Why not start referring to her as little Miss Giggly? Mm. Sausage Boy and Krusty had a little chat about the chance of them bumping uglies again in the near future. It was uh, not very convincing. No, 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 it's fine, obviously, from Tom. But Krusty said she didn't think she'd be able to fit him in again. <laughs> Tom said he completely understood and went out 
side and tried to run himself over with his own van. Adam's <laughs> self-flagellating about his ridiculous behaviour and has got the heave-ho from Ian. At least he's not trying to blame Ian, Jennifer, Brexit, Donald Trump or Zika virus. Just his own wandering willy. The silly. <laughs> he says he wants to go a bit deeper, but I rather think that's what got him into this trouble in the first place. Josh <laughs> has decided to start another business. Mushrooms. Uh, they're tricky. Mushrooms. Growing them involves keeping them in the dark and shoveling shit on them, which as a technique didn't work brilliantly well for Adam this week, it has to be said. <laughs> Poor old David's feeling his age and nothing else, judging by the stroppy throws every time any of his children show the slightest interest in anyone of the opposite sex. Just because you're not getting any, David, you cannot stop the raging flood of hormones emanating from your offspring. They are teenagers. It is like trying to clean up an avalanche with a dustbuster. Give it up. Mm. David decided to divert his annoyance into mushroom research because clearly he has that kind of time and couldn't wait to say, <laughs> you see, see, Josh, it won't work, your idea, so you can't do it. Ha ha ha, you can't, it won't work. I know that and you don't because I'm old. And no, I may not be able to seduce 17-year-old girls behind the village hall, but I know about mushrooms and now I'm going away to have a little cry and howl my defiance at the moon. Usha heard us all <laughs> shouting vigorously about what the hell she was doing letting a hideous specimen like Rob remain in her house the vicar as befits a man of the cloth suggested thinking very carefully before she renounced evil of course he suggested that Usha should forgive Rob because he hadn't actually done anything to her what? Harold Shipman didn't actually kill my granny but I still wouldn't have him round for dinner Emma told Piggy she felt mm. bad for helping Titchy Knob with Henry you must reproach yourself, said Piggy. After all, I practically gave him my life savings and a kidney. She cheered herself <laughs> up by going to visit Febreze in Felpersham. He's a terrible cutter, but it does smell nice. Jennifer and Jill <laughs> are having a jam off. It's all very cloak and dagger. A jam dagger. Blech. Jill is putting in her black currant, and Jennifer is doing a herbal lay and patriarchy chutney. Justin the idiot entirely unrealistically has confirmed that Titchy Knob will take up his job at Damara. You do realise, Justin, that you've just signed up for a no nookie block from Lillian forever. You can forget nosing round her culvert for the foreseeable. And if Lillian agrees with Justin's decision, then she is not the woman we know and love. Anyway, to happier things. Happy birthday, Joe, 95. Long may your Johns be. The end. Oh, I enjoyed that this week. Well done, Freeman. Good. Now, a jam dagger. Is that a jagger? Yeah. It is. It would be, wouldn't it? It would. A black current jagger. Hmm. Um, what were your standout bits of the last week in Ambridge? Um, I do like, I do like Oliver sort of sheepishly liking the Grundies while Caroline's wishing that he'd sort of, you know, be mm. a bit more brutal with them. They just run rings around him, don't they? And when Joe gave him a gave him a hug as well that was quite sweet well uh, he kind of believes in noblesse oblige doesn't he he's he got does. a whole dollop of that going going on in, in his yeah. psyche and he yeah and he, and he does just kind of like them and yeah. I, I just thought the interplay between uh the three of them if you include joe was just just kind of brilliant in in the last yeah. week absolutely well, when they said you could come around and have a have a pre-tasting of the cider and he sounded genuinely thrilled he said, <laughs> yes, I and he was sort of like, well, hey, you know, and I, thought, I was thinking, don't tell Caroline, she won't like it. And also, I thought that was a bit bewildering, the um, mm -hmm. the Usha and Alan scene, when Usha genuinely, uh, Alan seemed almost genuinely as if he was trying to not condone what Rob had done, but 
you know, played he played devil's advocate slightly more successfully than one would wish a vicar to do, I feel. But anyway, there we are. I don't know. Isn't kind of Christianity all about forgiveness? Well, there's forgiveness and then there's forgiveness. I mean, you know, is there not a line? Mm. Well, I suppose that when you're an out-and-out evil sod like Rob, the ultimate kind of people to defend you are either uh, your kith and kin Mm. and or some variant of compassionate religion uh, which says that we need to kind of... um, I hate using the word understand with Rob, but the script writers have been doing a masterful job in tugging on some people's kind of heartstrings in terms of here is a man who doesn't have access to his son. Yeah. Um, It is working with with some people. And so I I know I shouldn't, but I will just jump through to yesterday's episode. You know, there is... Rob kind of struggling with um, little Gax uh, nappy. And you know that whatever that evil git is feeling, he's truly feeling it, Mm. you know. And why are we having these scenes? Why did we have the Ursula and her evil husband um, and their kind of backstory, if not to see how somebody who becomes a monster like Rob is created? So, but anyway, yeah. Anyway, don't be repetitive. So, um, loose. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, why don't we uh, hit those phone lines and see what the caller inners across the globe think of the last week's Ambridge action? Hello, Ambridge 3962. Who's first? Naked Fingers. Hello, Dumpty Dummers. It's Naked Fingers here. First time caller in era. And I'm a designated Vicky Tucker, apparently. I know that sounds like some kind of obscene archer's rhyming slang, but no, I am a Vicky Tucker. I'm also a caterer, so I can tell you a few things about the, the holes in the storylines for catering and how they serve food at the ball or gay grey balls, or, you know, all that kind of nonsense. Some of it doesn't ring true. And I guess it's the same for farmers and lawyers and whatever other profession and storyline that they bring up in the arches that I suppose it has to be dramatised and therefore you have to cut corners and you have to make it dramatic rather than true to life. I'm not calling in because of that anyway. I'm calling in to say thank you to Roy Field for all those lovely things he said about me uh, two episodes ago. I've yet to catch up with the longest one ever, so uh, I might be calling in after that as well. And also I'd like to complain about Associated Press and their Twitter feed, which spoiled, which absolutely spoiled the verdict for me because they tweeted it and it came up on my, my Twitter feed in Las Vegas and really knocked the wind out of my sails because, you know, I was looking forward to listening to uh, the verdict, but took all the surprise out of it for me. So thank you very much, Associated Press. Right, moustache, got to go to the loo. You know what my bladder's like. <clears throat> do you know what, Naked Fingers? I don't I don't want to worry you, but you do sound a bit like Rob. Like <laughs> a much nicer, jollier Rob. And a lot funnier, 
but your voice is quite similar and it's quite odd. Um, yes, there were quite a few spoilers and I was on BBC Breakfast wittering on about uh, the Archers on the Monday after the verdict. Mm-hmm. And I, I like the I way you just talking... casually just dropped that in. Uh, <laughs> I, well, most people know anyway because of Twitter. But I was walking my dog the next day. Yeah, but your mum didn't know because of Twitter. Your mum no. knew because you told her. Yes, because I told her. Um, it would have nearly killed her if she'd turned BBC Breakfast on and there was me. That would have really frightened her. Um, I uh, I was walking my dog on Epping Forest the next morning. What did you wear? What did I wear? Yeah. A pink shirt. But that's, that's a, it's a big deal. You're going to go on national TV. You're going to think oh, about I... your outfit, aren't you? And don't no, just say you just threw something on. Don't come off with that faux modesty. Did you have your hair done before? No. Jenny Murray had false eyelashes on. Did she? Yeah. Mm. Other things as well, not just false eyelashes, but you know. <laughs> what well, other things were false? <laughs> Certainly not. Um. Anyway, I was walking my dog the next mm. morning in Epping Forest, and a woman came up to me who I knew and said, "Well, thank you," she said, and I said, "Sorry," and I thought my dog had done something or whatever. Uh-huh. And she said, "I'd managed all weekend to avoid the spoilers." And she said, and then my husband was watching BBC Breakfast News and he said, oh, look, isn't that woman that you walk the dog with? And I came in and there you were wishing on about the verdict. (laughs) (laughs) I ruined it for her. Sorry, woman on the walk. Oh, I ruined it for somebody with the title that I put on. I've done to done that week. Yeah. Someone had to give me a virtual slap on on the Twitters. Royfield, you ruined it. (laughs) Robert Wilson's giving Associated Press a slap. The thing mm. is, it did become kind of um, it became it became a story. The story of the story became a story, didn't it? You know, the whole mm. it wasn't. Yeah, it, it it did become news and people listening to it and the the listening figures and everything. It all became news, so it was very very hard to avoid the verdict. Absolutely. But I'm sorry if we ruined it for anybody. Sorry. Mm. Uh, next. Bye 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 bye, Steve. Good afternoon, Dumpty Dum. I'm just about to deliver the sprog off to university. It's Steve here, by the way. Uh, thank you for your kind words last week. <laughs> Swines. Um, yeah, a couple of prop, well, a prop prediction. I think that you, you should have going to kick Rob out of the cottage. I think Helen and Jess are going to um, pursue a case, a criminal case for rape against Rob. Um, and the culvert gate is going to come back to hit him. And he's going to be so desperate that he's going to do something really bad in the village. It's going to be like one of the Emmerdale plane crashes. It's going to be like um, Rob going around with a shotgun just shooting everybody. You know, a zombie apocalypse in Ambridge. Nah. It's not going to happen, is it, really? Um, it'd be nice, though. It's a good sort of spin-off video game. Rob and Zombie Apocalypse in Ambridge. Hmm. I think I'll bug the rights to that before you buggers start building a game. Anyway, that's me. So, I, yeah, definitely. Rob's going to go totally ape shit and do something stupid. And uh, it's all going to be a bit sort of dramatic. So, uh, that's me. Anyway, uh, off up to Birmingham. And um, I'll see you later. Bye-bye. Love you. Bye-bye. Mwah.
Is he still bonkers this week? He is bonkers. Is he angry with us? He says we're sods for calling him bonkers. Well, no, Um, we're just like straight up and honest people. We just couldn't let that go, could we, Lucy? (coughs) Not really. Mm. Um, He's still still hanging on for Culvertgate. Mm. I've got so confused now about... I've got all my Eastern Europeans muddled up. Parvel was the one that shagged Adam. <laughs> was he? Yes. yes. Stefan was the one who Rob said had gone rushing back to wherever it was. Stefan had basically blabbed to David, hadn't he? And Rob found out. Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Um, why has David not done anything about this then? Heaven only knows. And I can't remember which subcommittee he was part of for, for it to be in his uh, remit yeah. yeah yeah under his purview exactly maybe, maybe culverts were not under his purview at that moment in time mm. you can tell i've been doing a lot of conference calls today can't you um, <laughs> uh well yes i am I, I don't know i don't know whether they're going to let it just whether the whole robin helen storyline is going to just sort of slow down now uh, and that because I, I think some people are still waiting for the big thing that is going to reveal Rob's uh, horribleness in general, not just uh, in terms of, of, of his treatment of, of, mm. uh, of Helen, whether or not there's going to be a bigger story behind that, which could be the culvert. It could be Shula talking about the Hunt Sab thing. Um, and then Steve suggests that will Jess and Helen bring a case against him for rape? I am not sure whether if and also if he, if he does that you know it's i think it's incredibly hard when you have had a child as a result of rape mm. yes looking at this from another point of view if you are the new editor type person coming in you're either going to want to do one of two things you're either going to say i want this to be over with so that then would lean towards the there's going to be some other big reveal and then he'll be get run out of town. Or you say, you know what, I need to have my own new yeah. my own storylines, etc. So he'll die by a thousand paper cuts, so to speak. And and I'm slightly erring on the side of the latter and not the former, because Usher has basically, you know, revoked his tenancy, hasn't she? Yeah. So, so where's I, he going to live now, do you reckon? Don't know. Don't know, Luce. But I'm presuming it's not going to be in Ambridge. Unless, but they could just remind us or just invent that there is, you know, number three, that you know, yeah. the green or whatever. <laughs> you know, so that is entirely possible. 43, the green is free. Oh, really? <laughs> because, you know, when you actually count the amount of regular characters on the archers, that doesn't make a village. You know, that barely makes a lane, a street. So there are other people other than Nathan Booth and and the Button Twins that are silent that kind of make up this village. So they could just invent um, some other address that they kind of move to. Uh, Though it might make sense for the the believability of the drama that he moves to Penny Hassett. So he's kind of next door. So So he comes back rather than he's just wandering around. Yeah, Yeah, in the next door village or something or another. But, yeah, mm, but I tell you the one thing which I did kind of pick up on last week was talk of therapy and counselling uh, with, with Ian, Ian and Adam. Yes, 
Though, um, you know, Ian kind of poo-pooed it, which I wouldn't have thought necessarily that Ian would have been so so damning on that. But, but I, I, d- think, I, I think Ian is absolutely furious. And he doesn't want... He wants Adam to actually sound contrite. And he doesn't. Hmm. He, you know, if because that's afterwards you go, you go, you have the fury and you have the, you know, the, the the plate smashing and the get the out of my house and blah 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 blah, and then the person comes back and says, well, do you, you know, I really want to 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 stay together, so should we think about cancelling? You would just go, yes, I know, wasn't it awful? Anyway, should we have cancelling and should we make it all right again? You know, and you kind of think, no, it, Adam just does not sound. He sounds slightly annoyed that he's been caught out. And and slightly irritated at Ian still being cross with him. That's how he sounds. He does not sound sorry. Not to me. I don't know if I'll agree with that. Um, I forget which episode it was, whether it was Tuesday or Wednesday. But he sounded properly kind of cut up and frustrated and just generally exasperated that's what I was searching for exasperated with Ian and I need somebody with a big brain that understands the psychology of human beings either you or with a spoon to explain to me Ian's position in all of this because Ian knew this so is it just the fact that it's come out and Adam hasn't said you know said to him this thing happened before it came out I I have a lizard brain when it comes to these things. I'm very simplistic and, you know, things to me are very black and white. And I just find Ian going ballistic now and kicking Adam out now, considering he's known for months, uh, confusing. I'm not saying it's Mm -hmm. unbelievable. It's just confusing to me. But I have a lizard brain. So, but that's exactly what Cosmo said in his call as well. Oh, we best go on to Cosmo then. Yeah. Hi to all Dumpty Dummers everywhere. Cosmo here. I'm recording early to beat the deadline. My listing goes back to the 50s and I cannot remember who appeared then as I was very young. I want to consider some fallout from the recent anti-neutron bomb, dangerous to buildings but leaves people standing. I cannot comprehend Ian's attitude to Adam. He has known about Adam's infidelity since before the wedding. So why get so upset now, given he has lived and presumably ignored it for nine months? Can you explain it, please? Also, it was the wrong lever to use in court. Ian's credibility would have been destroyed had they used his unprovoked attack on Rob in front of Bradley Wiggins. Poor court strategy by the prosecution. There are now five adults and two children living at Bridge Farm. How many of them are sleeping on sofas? I seem to recall the original John and Tom sharing a bedroom, so the place would seem to have grown. Perhaps Tom should get around to building that house on Bridge Farm land he mentioned a few years ago before Kirsty went bridezilla. And as I mentioned in last week's podcast summary, I am offering it as a certainty that Kirsty is now pregnant. In her discussion with Helen this week, she is clearly, is clearly in two minds over Tom again. Looking forward to joining you in a few weeks, probably after we return from our next trip to the colonies, as we are visiting New England in the fall in early October. We're off to see the autumn colours. And that's under two minutes. My take on it is really that... A, Ian is furious. He doesn't feel that he's been um, uh, apologetic. That, 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 that Adam just doesn't get it. That Adam doesn't realise. And also, I think it is partly that thing 
that happens like that happened with Ruth and David when he doesn't understand what it's like to marry into someone else's family and then go and live in the village where they live. Mm. Ian has got no, no family around him. Adam's got his entire family around him and he works with them and for them. And Adam um, has got people he can confide in. The only person Ian could confide in was, he was Helen. And that was knocked on the head fairly smartish by Rob. Um, so, and then to walk it, to to be aware that the entire family is talking about it and referring to you as poor old whoever is just, you know, people can put up with an awful lot of bad behaviour from their other half, but they will not be put up with being humiliated. I think that's where for many, many people, that's where the line is. You know, if you if it's between you and them, then fine. But the fact that everyone else is chipping in, Lillian's talking about it, um, you know, he's very aware that everybody's, you know, Jennifer's beatling, Jennifer's involved, um, uh, Jennifer's beating off to Peggy and saying, oh, we've had some bad news, blah, 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 blah. Just to know that you are the one that's been cheated on and everybody knows is hideous. Mm. Well, that's the only way it makes any kind of sense to me. And and yeah, yeah, I think you're completely right. You know, generally what goes on between a couple in their own relationship, um, definitely if it's uh, if it's bad, you know, you kind of want it kind of kept there. You might have the you know, you might ask somebody for a little bit of wise counsel every now and then. But ultimately, you know, you are then informing other people as to actually what's going on and you're in control of, yeah. of the flow of information, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. And what's tripped Ian up is the fact that it's come out in such a spectacular way. And then it w this was not helped by the fact that, of course, the whole village is talking about the tittle-tattle around the Helen and Rob case, i.e. he's in Grey Gables, and then there's Lillian kind of blabbing, and he, and he walks yeah. up behind her. So that must be incredibly hard. But And, you know, he hasn't, he hasn't even had Caroline around very much to talk to. He's mm. on his Todd, and it's very, very hard when you live in the place where where everybody knows that person they've known them for, for for decades and you're the new boy you know and i don't know it can be incredibly isolating and, and and upsetting and the only way you can get through it is by um maintaining a greater level of of dignity maybe than than other people would feel necessary but mm. then to have that stripped away from you so publicly is just awful uh two things number one todd we are this is an international podcast now we go across all seven oceans lucy Ooh. you're gonna to have to explain todd on his todd yes it means on your own and where's it come from no idea well it's some kind of rhyming slang isn't it but it's so far removed on on your jack jones would be on your own but, yeah but todd i don't quite understand so you dear listener if you know where exactly the entomology of the expression on your todd where that comes from uh, please tweet or email into us for next week. Thank you very much, please. Uh, now, uh, who's next? Next, we have. Oh no, hang on. We've got to talk about C uh, Cosmo thinks. Oh yes. Cosmo thinks that Kirsty's pregnant. Oh yes, I forgot about that element of his call. Honestly, women can have sex without getting pregnant. You know, it happens quite a lot. It would make some level of sense uh, in that we know being uh, 
astute watchers of this or listeners of this docudrama that the Tom and Kirsty thing is due ah, to sorry, run and I've run. Just, I've just found it. It's uh, Cockney rhyming slang. On your Todd Sloan, on your own. Todd Sloan. See, no idea who Todd Sloan was. Yes, because the only Todd that I know is kind of Sweeney Todd. Yeah. Or Todd Todd Carthy. Oh, he was a jockey. Ah. He was a jockey, Todd was, Sloan. Was he always last or first? Hence, he was on his own. Oh, no, it's Todd Sloan. It's just, it's just rhyme slang there, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. A jockey when? What era? Uh, the 1930s. He had uh, 1870. No, he, he was born in 1874. He was an American jockey, mm-hmm. came to England. He was ridiculed and called the monkey jockey because of the way he rode. Um, he rode very sort of hunched up and light. Isn't that just so apt for this podcast that actually he was an American? Yeah. And we know that 50% of our downloads are actually yeah. now coming from the great US of A. Oh. In his autobiography, mm-hmm. it was called Todd Sloan by himself. He wrote of his sadness at being abandoned by his long dead parents. I was left alone by those I have never ceased to grieve for. Isn't that oh, sad? Very. It's poignant that his name should have become synonymous with solitude. He died alone of cirrhosis in 1933. Oh, crumbs. Well, he drunk himself into oblivion. Yep. Anyway, on with the comedy podcast. Yes. So, so we were talking about uh, Tom and Kirsty. Yeah. And in a proper... Why is, why is it? Mm. Why is it? Um, why is it? Uh... I'm Royfield. I know. Why is it obvious that that Kirsty should be pregnant then? No, I'm not saying that it is obvious. I'm saying it makes a certain amount of soap sense. Um, oh, on, does on it? A, yes, because oh, all the signs are. No, no. I'm, listen, I'm saying it makes a certain amount of sense. I'm not saying that she is. So my answer is somewhat nuanced in that nuanced in that way. Number one, we know that there is this um, this week. One of the pieces of music um, when Kirsty was talking about Tom was Elsie's You're Always On My Mind. Yeah. And we know that those are big pointers to, you know, the emotional state, the mental state of the characters involved. So that was obviously that Tom is always on her mind. And she's admitted as such. Why did she come back to Ambridge? Actually, so massively humiliated. Tom has realised and has said that he made a massive mistake, etc., etc. So we're having this slow um, kind of madrigal of them basically slowly but surely coming together. But as she said, you know, considering what had happened with the trial, there was this great outpouring of release, shall we say, uh, in terms of the verdict. So their ships bumped in the night. But we know there's un finished business yeah i'm not saying that she is preggers but it would make sense in a kind of soapy tropey way and if you are the new person coming in and looking at the the threads of the the relationships between various characters you might just say right we need to make a a decided turn you know a very very definite turn between rob and kirsty and forget this kind of uh, will they, won't they, and just cement something between them. And a little nipper, a new little archer, w- would absolutely do the job. And then from a kind of practical yeah. point of view, it would make sense that um, we'll, we're presuming that she takes no contraception and they didn't plan this. So it would make complete and utter 
no, sense. No, 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 no. Kirsty is mm. a very sensible woman, and she's dating. And she wouldn't just presume. We we shouldn't just presume that she's not taking any Listen, any. Luce, I'm not saying that she is. I'm not saying that she isn't. I'm just saying you could argue the case in terms of build. You know the reason why in nine months' time. Yeah, she she's might... not that daft though. Mm. Sometimes people aren't necessarily daft, but their subconscious acts in a way that the conscious brain um, kind of acts against. But anyway, they are moving into Witherspoon territory, so I'll, I'll back away. But I'm saying it would make some form of dramatic sense in terms of the two characters concerned, because we've had them uh, get together twice before. When they first yeah. got together through the whole GM thing and the eco-warriors, then... Um, after Brenda, they, they they got it together again. The third time has to be different. What is yeah. going, what is going to be the difference? I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Oh God, I hope not. But okay. Who's yes. next? Luce? Take your point, Fiona Powell. Hello, Fiona Siobhan Powell here. Alas, Roy Field. When it comes to Toby, I'm afraid I agree with Lucy. I've met too many Tobys not to. Men for whom it's all about the chase. It's like this. I used to have a cat named Sybil, who delighted in tormenting the little Jack Russell terrier next door by sitting on the garden wall and dangling her tail provocatively at him. That little dog would go berserk, jumping, barking, snapping, but he could never quite reach the tail. I used to fear that on the day that he did, he'd kill Sybil. Imagine my surprise when one day I saw Sybil in the next door garden. And what was the little dog doing? Ignoring her. When the entire cat was available, he was no longer interested. I think Toby is like that. Sometime after the first breathless I love you is uttered, Toby will become bored and he'll move on to the next chase. And Pip will be left wondering what the hell happened. Poor Pip, who thinks the world turns at her behest. I think that the next few years have the potential of being rough on Pip, and I think David's parenting is partly to blame. Pip can do no wrong. Josh can do no right. By the way, Josh's crazy mushroom scheme? Not so crazy. It has potential, but he should develop it further so that down the road he could sell fancy mushroom kits for people so that they can grow their own. Last winter, quite a few people I know dropped a lot of cash on just such kits. That's me done. Fiona Powell has got a cat called Sybil, and so have I. <laughs> How exciting is that? Um, yeah, yeah. See, she's with me on the whole. Toby, Toby will clear up. Toby will become bored. And she says she pinpoints it to when as soon as as soon as um, uh, Pip says, "I well, love you." That'll be off. Skid mark. Consider, yeah! Considering that they've now um, outed their relationship to the whole village, I yeah. would say that Toby's, uh, the way that Toby's treating Pip is very different from his yeah. other conquests. So I think I am right so far. <laughs> Just saying. Okay, well, we'll see. Should we have a bet? Mm, what do you want to bet? I'm, I'm, I'm prepared to wager. Yeah, what? You tell me. I don't know what can you what can you afford to lose, Lucy. <laughs> Nothing. Whilst you're thinking about that, right? Yeah. One thing 
one of the reasons why I do think Toby's going to run and run is a little subplot, isn't there? David not liking Toby. <laughs> if anything tells you this thing is going to run and run, it's going to be that. The fact that, that even when... Toby was a cheese. <laughs> exactly. Even when Toby says, happy birthday, David Archer. <laughs> I'm just a cheese. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if ever you needed pointers that this is going to run yeah. and run, it was that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Um, also, she she the, the mushroom growing kits. That is not a bad idea, actually. Is it not? Although although bringing mushrooms into Brookfield is does take away something of the drama because the mushrooms are never likely to escape and go all over the lane, are they? Or <laughs> Alice will not be called out in the middle of the night to inject mushrooms with things. Uh, you know so what? yes. To go, maybe the mushroom farming is not a bad idea. This is very, very unappealing mushroom mm. farming. Uh, yeah. What I do like, though, is the fact that I can't figure Josh out, that Josh is actually a little bit of a wild card, that uh, he, yes, he wants to be a farmer, but he has the kind of arrogance of youth. And he well, does... when David said, you haven't thought this out, and he said, no, I haven't. And you kind of quite admire that. Exactly. Exactly. Having ideas, I yeah. don't know because I'm 19 and I'm an idiot. It was you know. exactly, literally, exactly what what he said, and it just yeah. stumped stumped his dad. Yeah, you know, and I am absolutely warming to the character of Josh, yeah. and I hope that in this new uh, writing tenure, penitent, but with more brains, I think. Well, oh, much more brains. Yeah, and and actually, he has a certain amount of kind of insight in terms of business and in terms of people to a degree, though he's very precocious and he does not like, kind of like piss you off. But the yeah. whole thing, I'm still smiling on the way that he outed uh, Toby and Pip. Yeah. I just thought yeah. that was just brilliant. It was like it was like I'm in trouble, so I'm going to start a small fire over exactly. here, and then everybody will be looking at that, and then I can slope off exactly. <laughs> So I say, bravo to Josh. Uh, who have we got next? We have oh Jojo well, sexy. Just oh, before, oh, just before we go on to Jojo, right? Um, I just realised I've lost an email. How where have I put well, that? Well, you find that email whilst I fill. You go, okay. you go look. Right. Yeah. Um, so you've got a cat called Sybil, and so does Fiona in Pennsylvania. So this is uh an appropriate time for me to remind you dear listener if you have a cat and they sometimes are in earshot of dumpty dum and the archers that's a dumpty mog so why don't you go onto the twitters or onto the book of face and post a picture of your cat uh with the hashtag dumpty mog and uh, we'll retweet it and it will get lots of retweets and likes uh because dumpty dum listeners like a good pussy now uh if you are feeling left out because you own a dog, that could be a dumpty dog. So why don't you put your pooch onto uh, onto Facebook or the Twitters and say the name of your dog and how long they've been listening to the Archers or even Dumpty Dum, and that'll be our dumpty dog. Now, Lucy. Yes. In kind of a I few can't weeks find back, it. I made it. Uh, I'm still yes. filling. Don't worry. It's fine. But you've got an, you've got All another right. you've got another thirty seconds or so. All um, right few weeks back i was determined yeah. to actually read out a roll call on this podcast of all the dumpty dogs yeah there's too many 
It's just bonkers. There's too many. (laughs) Unless you want to go through and cut and paste all those names into the script for next week. It's bonkers. But people, keep them coming. Don't (laughs) stop your images of your dumdy dogs doing stuff because it's just lovely. And other dumdy dum listeners like to see that type of stuff. Now, if you're feeling doubly left out because you don't have a cat, you don't have a dog, but you've got a little toddler that is forced to listen... That's a dumpty diddler. So <laughs> hashtag dumpty diddler and whack up a little picture of your toddler looking cute, looking lovely. And uh, you know what? We'll give that a thumbs up also. Have we given up looking for your email? We've given it up. Yes. I, don't, I think I dreamt it. All right. Um, I had a dream that Rob was trying to shoot me. <laughs> it was horrible mm. i had quite a bad cold and a mm-hmm. high temperature and i mm. have taken some night nurse okay. and i don't think night nurse agrees with me mm. and i had the most awful night's dreams culminating in me climbing lakey hill oh come on lucy really yeah and seeing hiding behind a tree and rob saying i know you're there and i and the sec and i can wait all night and the second you come out i'm going to blow your head off and he had a gun i was absolutely terrified it was one of those dreams where you wake up going <gasps> like that and you're just so glad that you're in your bed and you know it's not real but the but the creepy feeling stayed with me for a good sort of 4 hours afterwards i'm not having night nurse again <laughs> i tell you Night Nurse must have been one of the most effective product TV adverts of the 1970s. Yeah, you still remember it. That glowing exactly. Night Nurse that came and smoothed the man's head. Night Nurse, Milk Tray, yeah. um, Cinsano, Bianco. I don't remember that one. Oh, that's with uh, Leonard uh, Rossiter. I know. Oh, yeah, no, I do. Uh, with, um, what's her name? Joan Collins. Joan Collins, yeah, and it was yours yeah. throwing. That's yeah. a little bit before your time because you're a little, little bit younger than me. But no, that's one of those iconic, iconic kind of, kind of adverts. Which the Grange Hill sausage. Exactly, but it doesn't that. doesn't quite get the props in the way that Cinsano Bianco and like Hovis, you know, th- those ads did. Oh, yeah. Yes. Who's next? Uh, Jojo's Sexy Heels. One of these days these boots are gonna walk all over you. Hi there, Dumpty Dummers. It's Jojo's Sexy Heels here. I was talking to Cosmo the other week about the cost of tenant farming. And as he hasn't called in with a breakdown, I thought that now the Grunders are going to be staying at Grange Farm. And there was a comment that was made about they hoped they would be able to meet the rent. So I've done a bit of research and I'm going to give you some rough figures based on published rates in the Farmers Weekly and I have rounded it down. So this is the worst possible scenario of Ed and his tractor. And yes, I know he has a bank loan to repay. The average second hand tractor cost is about 30k. So his hourly rate would be about £25 an hour plus fuel. Agricultural workers do 43 hours a week. And since January, there have been 38 weeks. So... If we take out the three weeks and he was culling badgers and then another five weeks for sheep shearing, his 30 weeks wages would be £32,250. £2 per sheep for sheep shearing, average 200 a day. 
would have meant that he would have probably earned in the five weeks probably £10,000 for sheep shearing. So Ed's income, £42,000 plus. Eddie's working two long 10-hour days a week at the market. Average wage is £15 an hour, which would be £300 a week. Eddie would have earned £11,500 or so. And on that, a very low rate of PAYE. And I can't imagine that he's declaring his other income very much. You know, the cost of Linda's shepherd's hut, the patios that he's been doing and other handyman work. So that's 11400 added on to the 42000 that Ed's got. Clara's working part-time in the dairy. Average wage, £8 an hour, 25 hours a week. That's £200 a week. So she'll have earned £7,600, well under the national insurance and tax threshold. Emma, as we know, has been working in the cafe and various other things for Fallon. Um, and that's without doing Titchy Knob's childcare. Um, so if she was doing 25 hours a week, again, she would have earned about 7600 And of course, don't forget that Joe's been parking, uh, taking the parking money at £5 a pop for Elf World. Um, the cider club money and renting out Bartleby on occasions. So a very, very rough estimation showing declared income is going to be somewhere well in excess of £60,000. So if you add in all those other schemes for the badger culling, patio, shepherd's huts, of course they can afford the tenancy of, of the farm, and, and which they've already got. Tenancy cost of the, um, of the farm, incidentally, it's only 50 acres, so it's probably only about 4000 a year that they're paying to rent the actual farmland. So can they afford the house? Yes, they can. I got very confused by this. But basically what she's saying is the Grundys will be fine and they can afford it. Although <laughs> they, they kind of seem to, you know, when when Oliver said, right, you know, we've said that you can stay here. Yes. And 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 even though we said we wanted the farm back, we now don't be allowing you to stay here. Yes. Because of your poor old nearly dead dad. Yes. But you are going to have to pay for it. Yes. Well, we want some money. Really? And that seemed to be kind of, you know, come as a come as a horrible shock that they would actually be expected to not just say, yes, we will pay rent, but actually to pay the rent. Mm. I mean, whenever you start a tenancy agreement, you pay up front, don't you? Uh, you know, I, I did roll my eyes at this. And oh, really? everybody knows that I'm a big fan of the Grundys. And, you know, it's the class warrior within me and all of that. But come on, did they actually think he was just going to say to them, you can stop there forever for free? Yeah, whenever. You know, ultimately, you know, you know, ultimately, uh, farmers are businessmen. So, yeah, when 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 Caroline was going on about, oh, that's the chaise long from the half landing. I was thinking, how sodding big is this place? Hmm. A half landing big enough to put a bloody chaise long on and the grundies are living in it you well know, how much are they paying they must be paying like a peppercorn rent and they're still moaning about that yeah i know oh blimey I, dad i wasn't expecting that flaming nora for the first time ever i have somewhat sympathy for your glenful loves and those kind of dum de dum dum and archers fans that are a bit like oh come on with the grundies uh-huh. you know i was like come on but i tell you what though hot news off the twitters lucy hot news what what, what, what? blue runs only yeah right? guess what yes. he says right purely coincidental oh number one the green yes i'm betting 
Titchy Knob is going to reside in number one, the green, very shortly, right now in the oh, middle of the village. No. I, I do hope not. Will Bradley. Will. Oh, Will would, wouldn't he? Yeah. Yeah, mm. he would. That'd make a lot of sense. Well, mm. Ellen's always been neurotic, ain't she? I'm happy for him to live there. Dad, mm. with my peculiar accent. Poof. Then, oh, also hot off the Twitters. Oh, no, I don't want that. I don't want that. No, this is good news now. Oh, okay. Well, I know you're still referring to the last thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I've moved on. Um, so, Paul Truman. Yeah. So, this is brilliant. Thank you, Ian, and thank you. Right? Now, Ian S has contributed 100 quid plus 25 gift aid to Refuge. Listen to the Dum Dee Dum domestic violence special and was so touched having listened to The oh. Archers for many years. This seems a an appropriate way to say thank you to both shows and to do some good at oh, the same time. Lovely. Thank you, Ian S. Oh, thank you, Ian S. Yeah, it's very lovely. So, there you wow. go. That's hot off the Twitters. That happened three minutes ago. And then uh, Blue Runs Only uh, sent that message about one the green 20 minutes ago. He's obviously psychic. He could feel that's yeah. what we were talking about. Yeah. Mm. Uh, with a spoon. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. Greetings, Lucy Royfield, Millie Bell, and all Dumpty Dummers around the world. Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here, looking out to the sea here in Provincetown. The water is calm, much like the appearance of the River Am and life in Ambridge this past week. But we never know when a tsunami named Rob can strike the village again. We started the week with Justin confirming his job offer to Rob. What the fudge? Sorry for the candy reference, but I'm on Cape Cod, and this sugary confection is as popular in seaside towns on this side of the pond as it is on yours. But seriously, is Justin a competent businessman? He has not shown any indication that he is. More importantly, is he as tone-deaf about issues related to domestic abuse and rape as a certain Republican candidate for president is? I would be surprised if Lillian continues his relationship with him. Kudos to Usha for taking a clear stand against Rob, but I also don't know what Alan was thinking. In fact, has any man in the village outside of Helen's immediate family come forth and condemned Rob? And the week ended with Rob pointing out that he is the only one who understands early childhood development. Of course, Rob, you're the smartest and most talented person I know. Interestingly, Rob made a couple of references to his son, singular, not plural. Is he going to lose interest in Henry? Maybe so, but he also did let us know that he just might start stalking Henry as well. Lastly... Rob gave his mother, the Ambridge Villagers, and all of us Dumpty Dummers and other Archers listeners his final chilling warning. He's not going anywhere. Script writers help us. Two other brief points. First, I would like to videotape Adam and Ian for a class for marital therapists in training. What an example of ineffectual communication between two members of a couple. Secondly, Oliver, you're being played for a chump. Grundy stopped taking advantage of his good nature. Well, that's it for today. Seas remain calm here. Sadly, back to reality tomorrow. Talk to you next week. Yes, what was Alan thinking? Exactly. 
And no, no one has, no bloke has actually cut. But then Rob hasn't really showed his face properly in the village, has he? Mm. He's kind of kept a low profile, really. Hasn't been to the bull, as far as I know. Hasn't kind of been out and about. But it, that will be really interesting. I mean, not even Susan's commented yet, has she? Which I find very hard to believe. I know, I know. Um, yeah. Yes, yeah, it's all a bit odd. And, um, yeah, so no bloke has actually come forward and condemned uh, Royfield. Uh, Royfield. Uh, hey. <laughs> Rob. How yes. the hell have you conflated me with him? Because I just popped um, my... Because the, the sound quality is really rubbish and I was trying to check that I'd got my thing on the right mic. So it came up with... I brought Skype up to the front and it it said uh, Royfield. So I said, I read out the word. Somewhat unconvincing answer. Oh, come on. I can't imagine anyone <laughs> less like Rob than you. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Um, it's not that much of a compliment, really, is it? Because, you know, well done, Royfield. You're not a screaming psychopath. Well done. <laughs> so he records... Is, I've is, got a big is, ego like Rob, though. Is Rob... Is Rob going to lose interest in Henry now? Well, it seems like it he has. He's, he, the... he he mentioned him, I think, once. Or whatever we're now calling him. Yeah, he mentioned him once last week. Um, well, yeah. Arsula said, oh, I miss... What's his name? She said, didn't she? Mm. Uh, and yes, when we've had Henry say he, he misses daddy, but... I don't really want to comment too much about this storyline because I want to talk about other things. Like, guess what I want to talk about? The man that said the horrible thing about you. No, 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 that's coming at the end of the oh. show. Right. Bert. I always think, and I've said this before, um, whenever you hear Bert, you know that they are, that we have a week of the wider characters in yes. the village. Yeah, that's what because Bert ill Bert out. Yeah, exactly. You know, Bert tells you that this is um, a, a, a village and yeah. everything's fundamentally all right. And any yeah. storyline with Bert in is of no massive yeah. importance. So no. whenever you hear Bert, I smile and I go, "Thank heavens for the, for Bert. Love it, love it, love it, love it." And we had Bert this week. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so. It does feel this week, I'm still sort of, you know, the jam stuff and all that. Mm. It feels lovely to be allowed to be interested in that again. Absolutely. Without continually thinking, oh, blimey, what's happening at Blossom Hill? You know, it's sort of, yes, it's a, it's a lovely relief. Very nice. Yeah. And, and, and not feel guilty that, you, that I'm not thinking about domestic violence all the time. But you kind of are because um, you're having nightmares about Rob Titchener still. No, I think that I think we can put that more down to the night nurse than anything else. Yeah, but why was the ogre in your dream, Rob? Well, because because he's the biggest. I don't watch television much, and he's the biggest. You could have said you could have said Brexit was chasing you. But how can a, a really crap decision chase me? <laughs> I'm just saying there are other things that play on your mind, Lucy. He's the biggest baddie in my life, isn't he? In my in my subconscious. Clearly. Mm. Must be. You haven't just moved on to the Flower and Produce show. No, he's clearly he's, still lurking. He's left he? deep and lasting yeah. mental scars. Yeah. Thank you, BBC. Look what you've done to my co-host. 
Goddess Diva. Hey, Dumpty Dumps, Goddess Diva here, and I'm wondering what's happened to Peggy. I mean, we've got this really, really nice woman who's making Emma feel better and and talking about the fact that Rob was horrible and abusive and manipulative like she gets it. What My question is, what have you done with the real Peggy? What have you done with the judgmental cowbag who comes and just changes her will more often, I think, than she changes her underwear and is really bitchy about Chris? Auntie Cardboard is annoying, but she doesn't deserve that. But she's been quite... N- yeah, so it's weird, because on the one hand, it's been quite nice. On the other hand, I want Peggy back. I want bitchy, nasty Peggy back. So, yeah, that was it for me, really. It's been a good week. It's been a lovely week. And really nice to see um, friends with benefits, one-night stand type thing, that where the woman hasn't then fallen madly in love with the man, because uh, Toby and Pip don't count. Because they just don't. Yeah, who wants to think about them? I quite like the idea of Kirsty and Tom back together, but I think he's going to have to work for it, and I think, and I think rightly so. All right, enough of my rambling. I've got laundry to do because that is the rock and roll lifestyle of a goddess. So, goddess diva out. Yes, goddess diva's talking of uh, big bad horrible monsters. What has happened to Piggy? She says, Peggy is now being all nice and lovely and reasonable, and you know, saying to Emma. Don't worry, dear. Don't... I mm. think Peggy probably feels completely duped like everyone else was. Absolutely. Everyone and... else that fell for Rob. Because, I mean, Jennifer was all over him when he first came. Ooh, isn't he nice? Isn't he mm. nice, Brian? La, 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 la. And, and there was part of Peggy that was so happy that yeah. a man oh, was re- going... Yeah, exactly. she's respectable again. She's respectable and a man was going to yeah. take charge of her, you know, yeah. illegitimate sprog. Yeah. You know, Peggy's from a completely different generation. And I've always thought Peggy is kind of brilliantly written. It isn't just the fact that as a character, you kind of believe her and you, be, you know, and the bits of her which, which you don't like still com- completely and utterly make sense. You know, the actress that plays is kind of great, too. And yeah. it's a woman yeah. in her in her 90s and yeah. she still has, you know, foremost, you know, a but decent you know- role on this thing. The character of Peggy left an abusive husband, mm. and and yet you know she's unable to spot what's that she's seeing. It, she's seeing history repeat itself, and and her granddaughter, who, you know, you'd think in a different time, in a different place, in a more enlightened time, would find would find leaving easier, and didn't. Mm. And and Peggy didn't help. No. Are you are you sitting on a whoopee cushion or something? What am I making or, funny noises? Yes, you sound like you're on a bouncy castle. Are you oh, now recording no, the bouncy no, castle? No, I, I always record. You know this, Lucy. I, I always re- record. You record on your bed. Have you got a water bed? <laughs> it's a big rubber water bed. Yeah, it's my seven seventies Mister <laughs> Loverman water bed. <laughs> I'm reclining in my uh, satin bathrobe, eating pickled yeah. onions or something. No. Yes. <laughs> pickled onions. <laughs> Where'd you get that from? I've no idea. Mm. Anyway. <laughs> I just think Peggy's awesome, and I kind of like 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 that scene. I thought, um, you know, it, this was wise Peggy. This was, you know, the older senior citizen of the village of the whole drama, basically saying, you know what, don't worry about it too you much. Took us all in. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, and it was good. It was a good scene. Yeah. Uh, you got some emails. I ha- uh No, I haven't. Because you lost them all. 
because I've lost them. Well, to be fair, I can't really slag you off because um, I lost calls last week, didn't I? And I was furiously emailing you saying, have you got that call? Mm. And I was furiously saying, no, <laughs> because I sent it to you. <laughs> yes. Um, so sorry, everybody that rang in or emailed it. I don't think there were. I think that I thought I had an emailer in there, but it turned out to be Goddess Diva who'd email because she emails in, doesn't she, on the mm. calls? Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Wow. She, she calls in on, on the telephone line. Um, just before we go to an ad break, a couple of things just to wrap up. Order of John Archer. Uh, don't forget, folks, if you have a John in your life, uh, you can nominate them to be John the 13th uh, by quite simply calling in and saying uh, that this person, this John in your life should have the order of the dearly departed John Archer. Um, on the Twitters... There is a hashtag which is uh, where do you listen to dum dum And quite simply, to join in with that little bit of fun, or you can also do it on Facebook too, you take a picture of where you listen to uh, the Archers or dum dum And then uh, you just whack it up there and other people can see that. And we love all of that. Now, I got my uh, wrists uh, slapped a couple of times in the last seven days, Lucy V. Freeman. First Ooh. off, I said that the map idea belonged oh, to Christina yeah. Auckland it was Roe Roses she said actually yeah. Royfield it was me and then she didn't say it like that actually Royfield it was me um, she did I could I could hear that <laughs> intonation in that tweet it's like my children do oh I'm telling <laughs> <laughs> so very sorry Roe Roses and um but and then also uh, the woman of the hour uh Christina Auckland uh, said, oh, thank you, Royfield, for bigging up the name of my company, you know, to see if I can kind of get any work. But you got the name wrong. So oh, it's cornerstoneslabs.co.uk. So, again, um, if you have any uh, software <laughs> development that needs to be done, cornerstoneslabs.co.uk. Now, this led on to some very, I think, hilarious kind of uh tweeting backwards and forwards and emily thomas ex of paris and now of somewhere in in london i believe uh, do you remember her the au pair yes yes yeah, yes, yes. Right, also well many people were thinking well this is basically some kind of hookup map isn't it right and i think you said the same thing last week oh so, so yes so we had to, we had to, so it's the archer's version of tinder wasn't it yeah so yeah. people were coming up with names and yes. i think Emily Thomas came up with tractor, which of course, you know, <laughs> taking taking off the last vowel, you know, and she says, <laughs> could we combine that, you know, a, a, an image of a tractor with with a, with a flame with some flames behind it, and I think that is absolutely perfect. Yeah. But I reckon, folks, if you can beat picker without the e, archer <laughs> without the e, because I got a sneaky feeling we might get a nap out of this. I really do. I really do. Because quite a few people, especially on the forum, actually said, Royfield, actually what you need is an app. So, And on that app, I presume, would have the podcast. You could listen to Dumpty Dum. Uh, you could see the profiles of other listeners. Uh, you could see where these listeners are. So you could arrange kind of meetups. Let's call them meetups and not hookups. Uh, and other things besides. Um, if... Didn't someone suggest that we just called it Brian? Yes. Which I... <laughs> <laughs> which was very good it was very 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 good but anyway so um if you are if you have a software development company and uh, you feel like just you know wasting hours uh, creating a dum-de-dum app uh, you just, well, you've just recommended a software development company 
I know, but I don't want Christina's company to. That'd be too much. Well, they okay. can do it if they want, right? But anyway, you can email me and uh, we can talk. Okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> don't oh, hold your breath, will you, Roy, oh, to be honest? And, and, just, and, just, and just whilst whilst we're here, um, we have almost got uh, the cashola that we need uh, to get uh, oh, for, for the development on the website. And yes, Laura, I know that I've, I've, I went a little bit quiet, but we will attend to the website this week. Jesse's going to get paid. Thank you for everybody who's contributed. We're, we're a tiny bit short. If you want to throw in a, a few more pennies, awesome. Uh, and thank you to everybody who has uh, contributed so far. Um, I will mention you. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. All next week. But first, it's time for a little ad break and we'll come back the other side with a touch of Millie Bell and Tweets of the Week. Hello, Dumdy Dummers. Kat Brown here. If you found life in Ambridge a bit stressful of late, a bit lacking in baking competitions and double entendres that don't involve Lillian entering her gentleman's buttonhole, as excellent as that was, then may I make a very polite suggestion. Search for Soggy Bottoms in your podcasting toolkit and you'll head over to a Great British Bake Off fan podcast. In our latest episode, we interview Anna Dragorin herself, actress at Isabel Middleton, about that storyline and her love of buns. So, if that sounds tempting, add us to your iTunes playlist. Even if we moulder away there like that Nutribullet you bought in 2014, we'll still love you very much, especially if you call in via SpeakPipe. In your marks, get set, speak! When you don't have a roof over your head... Build that wall. Build that wall. There was Build nothing marked wall. classified on my wall. emails Build either sent or received. Build that wall! I am humbled to have been chosen by the Conservative Party to become its leader. Britain is just a small island that no one pays attention to. A former colony won the right to determine its own destiny. Hello and welcome to Mid-Atlantic. 
the show where we look at the news and the views from one side of the ocean from the perspective of the other. Do you have a National Trust sticker on your car? Do you think you could be best friends with Kath Kidson? Do you spend hours wandering around the airport looking for an organic quinoa cafe because you refuse to go to Burger King? Then Sarah Smith Cloths are for you. Available from Sainsbury's for the Posher Washer. Proud sponsors of Dumpty Dum. Good day, everyone. I'm doing this a little bit early this week because um, I'm trying to escape the football, if I'm honest. So I'm going to take Miss 12 on a little road trip. We're going to go up to Canberra for a few days. I don't know why I'm doing that because it's actually cold up there. So there you go. Now you all know I'm well and truly mental. We have had a really good week on both Facebook and on the forum. And uh, I'd just like to alert you to the fact that Witherspoon, who is obviously a very busy person in real life, as well as being our uh, fabulous uh, on-call psychiatrist and psychologist, is um, very active on the forum. And he, he is really generous with his time if someone asks a specific question. So if you would like to know more about the, what makes people work, I really recommend you get on there and have a look at what he's already written. And if you have a question, a burning question, I'm sure he'll answer it. So thank you to with the Spoon for that. Uh, so if you go on to uh, dumptydum.com forward slash forums, you will find that uh, someone's talking about whether there is a cure for the behaviours that Rob has, uh, which was started by Claire Howard. And uh, Julian Kelly has started a conversation about how often people are listening to the archers. I would very much like to thank people for two things uh, on the Facebook page. First of all, uh, as you know, we did have to ask for some money because we uh, have been uh, under cyber attack, which sounds more exciting than it is. And uh, people have really stepped up and helped and we just ask you for a little bit and you've done uh, that largely, so thank you so much. We also um, had a shout out for women to read some comments from Paul Truman's uh, Just Giving page. And uh, that was largely done on Twitter, but we put the shout out on uh, Facebook and you wonderful people have assisted with that as well. Really love, I know we've all said this many times, but I really love the Dumpty Dum community. It surprises me sometimes that I don't actually know you because I feel like I do. (laughs) Uh, On the Facebook page, we also uh, discussed something that made me so angry at the time was when uh, Helen wanted to drive Henry to school and Pat put her off. And I was incensed. I thought, is this not exactly the behaviour she's been putting up with from Rob? What we need to do is encourage her. A nicer way might have been maybe to say, oh, what a great idea. Yeah, I'll come with you if you like and we'll do blah, blah afterwards just to kind of give her some, some support. But no, no, we just said, oh, do you think you should be doing that? Oh, so cross. So I asked that question. Andrew Horn suggested that the difference is she genuinely believes she's being protective, unlike Rob. That's true. Good point. But we can't smother people, I guess, would be my su- suggestion. Um, and Andrew suggested a halfway house would be for someone in the family to ride shotgun for a week in case she panics and to give moral support in case she runs into Rob. I hope you mean just run into Rob metaphorically rather than with a car, although I like your thinking, Andrew. Uh, Laura said that made me, uh, Laura Hobbs Sison said that made me furious, to be honest. 
After all Helen has been through, she needs confidence in her abilities and a push to stand on her own two feet. It was stupid of Pat to do that. Becky Land said, I think we will see this issue reoccur in the coming months as Helen will struggle to gain her confidence while her family smother her due to her late onset guilt. Helen's mental health could well suffer. I think Ian should invite her into his and they raise the boys together. He will, well, he's got the space now, I suppose. He will give her the space and independence and he gets children as he has always wanted them. Rachel Louise said it was ridiculous how many people stopped driving at all after a minor bump. Liz Figure says she's got an idea. Ian Rent number one the green of William Grundy and take Helen as a lodger or vice versa. There does seem to be a lot of support for Helen and Ian living together. So look out, Adam, this may be the way uh, it resolves and not the way you wanted. Um, we also, um, oh, I raised the question, this this conversation between Usha and Alan, I thought was very odd, like really odd. Uh, so I asked uh, what, what I, and I understood it was a dramatic plot point, but nevertheless, I just thought it just sounded ridiculous. They didn't sound like a married couple at all. So uh, quite a, a conversation on there. D. Leary, I'm grumpy, Alan. I get he's all godly and stuff, but Rob raped and terrorised Helen and caused psychological damage to Henry. He needs to be a bit more Old Testament, go a bit medieval on his ass. I love that. So lots more like that. So if you'd like to get involved, you know where to find us. And until then, hooroo. Thank you, Millie. That was most awesome. As always, Lucy, hit us with those tweets. Ha! Yes, right. Emily Jane. This was about the um, Joe's birthday party. She said, are they playing Ebenezer good? That's a brave choice for a 95th birthday party. <laughs> yes, the music was absolutely extraordinary. Um, JB again said, continuity, continuity answer. Tonight, Rob will face a problem. Whole Archer's audience. Good! Um, Stop there, Lucy. Uh, sorry, sorry, love. I need to put in, put in my charger. My thing's on 4%. I didn't notice okay. it. I didn't have a charge. One minute. My sheesh? Are you being good? Alright. <laughs> I've got chills. They're multiplying. And I'm losing control Cause the power you're supplying It's electrifying You better shape up Cause I need a man And my heart is set on you You better shape up, up, up. You better understand Do 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 You're the one of the ones, you're the one that do do do, honey. You're the one of the ones, you are the one of that do do do, the one I need. Oh, yes, indeed. Dum, 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 ba do dum, dum. Oh, Alright, Lucy. Can we leave that in? Because I think the Dumpty Dum audience needs to hear you singing that you need a man. <laughs> <laughs> Is that your charging up song? It is. How are you supplying? Is that what, is that what yeah, you're thinking? Yeah, because it's okay. definitely electrifying. <laughs> ah, right. Furnace Girl said about um, uh, about when Tom's doing his Nuffield application. Mm. She said, 
you'll be asked about your previous experience. Well, there's shagging supermarket buyers. Yes, he did quite. <laughs> um, Exeter Dormouse. That this is the um, the the uh, the Joe joe leaving grange farm possibly mm. uh is this like the beginning of casualty and we have to guess how joe will die is it the salad dressing is it a subsiding farm yes i do th- when he when he conked out on that chaise long i thought that's it he's dead he's dead on the chaise long oh no he's awake no 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 no. it's fine um becky black books i mm. said um on behalf of dumpty dum have we got anybody willing to do the operation on rob uh, and make sure he never he never comes round. And um, she said, "Oh dear, look, we've left a clamp inside and some gauze and a scalpel. <laughs> we lost trolley, the anaesthetist lunch, and my keys." And now we have tweet of the week. Uh, John Reed. This was from. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had Rob saying, "As soon as I get rid of this wretched bag, I'll be a whole man again." And Arsula saying, "Please stop calling me that, Robert." <laughs> <laughs> Well done. You know what? We needed a short show after last week, didn't we? Not a shit show, a short show. Well, I don't know, Luce. Some people, yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's what we. That's what we've delivered up. But let's just rattle through the credit, shall we? Before we come on to the review of all reviews, Um, dumdydum.com is where you can find us. And if you're a nostalgic person, you might want to go over there, kind of pronto, and look at it before it all starts to change, folks. Because we're gonna upgrade it. So dumdydum.com. But before, but whether you want to do that kind of like now or next week or the week after we'll always have dumbydum.com forward slash shop because i know some folks are buying stuff on there and maybe next week i'll get round to actually finding the correct login details to see who's been ordering what from the shop and uh, we can just give you props for that so uh, dumdum.com if you want to have a mug with our logo on it or a t-shirt or a baby grow or just whatever the heck it's all on dumdum.com forward slash shop now iTunes reviews because you good people have been writing reviews like there's no tomorrow um, we've been going well up the iTunes podcast charts for the category UK film and TV uh, so uh, specifically this week we want to thank uh, Helen O'Neill who said I listen in the car on the long drive to and from work I laugh along with it and listen to the other caller in errors uh, Sarah Seri said funny generous and a great community I love Royford and Lucy to bits and all of their dummy dum caller winners. A guilty pleasure. Uh, we have... Can, uh, I, can I just say that I did not want Royfield to read this one because I do not see how, how I, think, I think this is rotten. But anyway, he overruled me. And now I'll edit that bit out so you'll never know that I even said no, it. No, 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 because that, uh, I'm going to leave it in because um, I think that is a fair and understandable response. But I do think, um, as brutal as this email, as this uh, review is, um, you know, we do generally thank people for writing uh, writing reviews in. And if somebody has criticism, we should acknowledge that also. So this review goes as uh, like this. This show has its moments. If you can get past Royfield's huge ego and astonishing, repetitive, often not very articulate musings on the archers and life. Too much about life, actually. Stick to talking about the archers, as is the remit of the show. 
The people calling in are obviously fans. The two hosts are less convincing. They struggle sometimes to remember fairly basic plot details, though Lucy has a warmth and humour that becomes more endearing over time. How it can be described as having clean lyrics is beyond me. There's frequent swearing and a lot of toilet and smutty humour. That That's is... true. That's very true. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of toilet and smutty humour that surely must rate it 15 or 18 plus iTunes. Presumably, this and the fact that the show is highly critical of The Archers and its writing team must be the reason why the BBC won't allow its cast to appear. Whew. So, I don't think this person was sitting on the fence, really. I think, you know, they well, let um, specifically I think me have it. On the show. Well, that's the reason why I want, uh, you know, I decided to read this out. So, because um, you obviously do listen to Dum 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 and listen through gritted teeth. Now, if it's that bad, why? I have some good news for you. You don't have to listen. No, it's great. You can just turn it off. However, I, invite, I don't listen. I invite you. I invite you, and I really do, uh, to come on the show, uh, and we'll even do a. Bit I don't. Oh, listen, but we've done interviews solo before. Mm-hmm. So um, if you want to uh, email me, and anyone can find my email, it's hardly the world's biggest secret. Uh, it's just royfield at gmail.com, I don't mind saying. Uh, you can just email me and we'll we'll arrange an interview. Yes, I do have a little bit of an ego. And yes, I do do this show invariably without notes, so maybe on times I'm quite repetitive and as I said to Lucy before we started Miss Malaprop was a member of my family so I do mangle the English language and last week I kept on saying wouldn't of instead of wouldn't have and thank you for the person that not only uh, tweeted that I did such a thing but also uh, edited me saying that three times and put it up on SoundCloud and gave me the link so But it was just very funny. I think it was done in in kind of in good spirit. So, you know what? I might have a a, a big ego, but I can certainly take the piss out of myself. I don't think I'm that perfect. But anyway, moving on to other points in your uh, scathing review. Um, Now, you said that uh, there's too much talk about life. uh, And actually, we we should stick to the remit, which is talking about the archers now that's a bit where you're completely and utterly wrong uh who gave us the remit other than me so quite frankly i kind of do what i want um however i fully admit that at times we have overstepped the mark uh me going off about brexit was definitely a stretch too far for some listeners but again um there is no broadcaster that is regulating us there is nobody saying we can do anything or we can't do anything and i think the best podcasts are the podcasts where there are um some kind of chem there is a chemistry there's obviously a friendship and a warmth between the two hosts and they're you the listener because podcasting listen to podcasts anyway such a, an intimate thing you glean bits about your hosts and you feel that you know them that they become friends and and it's so easy, deliberate that I talk about random little bits of history, and you know, and Lucy talks about her pets. Uh, though, <laughs> admittedly, Lucy's much more circumspect about you know revealing too much about her personal life than I am. But what I would say is that for the most part, people seem to get it. 
We're a podcast, not a radio show. Uh, now, as for saying that people calling in are fans, yes, they are, but the two hosts are, le- you know, are less so. so uh, miss, uh, I keep on calling you a mister. In my head, you, you, you are a bloke, and, and I don't know if you are male or female. But I would say my fan bonus. I would say that my fan bony Fridays are out there because for the last two and a half years, each week I've been recording or editing a podcast about the archers. So I don't think anybody can say I'm not a fan. But what I am not is an obsessive. And I would say that one of the reasons why I generally just have very thin notes uh, and then just kind of talk off the top of my head is so that there is a clear difference between between Lucy and I. So I am generally kind of more broad brushstrokes and I talk about uh, the plotting of this and I think I have done in this episode in terms of Tom and Kirsty and it making sense in terms of the plotting of the drama of these two characters as opposed to remembering that Darrington played Ambridge last <laughs> week in you know and who won the single wicket last year <laughs> so I'm sorry that's the one bit of this where I'll stick me, me two <laughs> fingers up to you and say I am a fan because I produced this podcast right but I'm not an obsessive so you know, I can see where you're coming with that, but you're wrong. In terms of the toilet humour and language, a few weeks back, I did actually kind of bleep out some of the swear words within the show. So I know that is an issue for some people. And I know it's definitely more of an issue for Americans than it is for us Brits that we can use the F word a little bit more judiciously and uh, th- than they do. I do think you have a point, though... Um, as I've said to one or two people before on the Twitters, uh, toilet humour is British humour. Uh, it's what made through. this country great for crying out loud. Yeah, that and international uh, slavery and conquering yeah. half half the planet. Apart you know. from that, yeah, exactly. So slavery and bum jokes. That's it. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And I know that our transatlantic cousins, you know, say, are oh, you know, there's British people being a little bit twee and peculiar again, but. It's kind of British. And if you don't like it, you don't like Britain. So I'd question your patriotism. <laughs> Seriously, I, I think GCHQ and MI5. Exactly. I think GCHQ needs to be monitoring your, your email yeah. communications because to be against are, toilet humour. Hmm. Yeah. 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 Anyway, jo- jokes aside, clear. jokes aside, um, I do have a little bit of an ego. I would say who doesn't. Uh, but you know what? It's kind of it was my idea to do this, and the great news is you don't have to listen. If <laughs> you want to come on the show, you know what? Doors open. You know, pick up, uh, pick up the phone and say, "This is me." Uh, you can even just leave a message if you don't want to come on the show and actually have have a little bit of a chat about this. The other thing that I would say is that. I'm incredibly proud of the community that Lucy and I have created. And I would say that us having uh, guests on, um, the amount of calls. Last week's call, last week's show was so long because we have a community of listeners and we include every call. You know, if I was some dictatorial ego, uh, ego freak, I wouldn't, we wouldn't be doing that. Mm. So... What we have done is to help foster a certain type of Archer's listener 
who likes a little bit of uh, naughty humour, but is, I would say, intelligent, is articulate, and we have our own kind of special niche, niche in terms of Archer listenerdom. Um, and I don't think I walk around saying people should do this and should do that, and it's the Royfield Brown show. Though I talk crap from every from, from time to time, and for the most part, people seem to understand that that is all part of the eccentric, eccentric uh, kind of nature of our show. But you're proving me right that I am inarticulate because I can't even get my words out. So didn't say everything that you said uh, was without any kind of basis or merit. Now you know what to do, Mister Person. If you would like to help keep our little show on the road, dear listener, there's two ways this can be done. We have been doing a little bit of uh, fundraising for the last two weeks, and we're almost up at this figure that I need to give Jesse. So if you've got a few more quid, dollars, rupees, or um, shekels, if you're from Israel, in your wallet, in your purse, you can donate. You can help us by hitting that donate button on the site, or... You can go to patreon.com, search for Dumpty Dum, and you can donate $2 a show, which is about £1.50. To remember to get in contact with us, you can send us a voice message via SpeakPipe on our site, or you can call us on 0203-031-3105 to leave us a telephonic message. And special thanks need to go out to Nicholas Barnes of Vitel, who um, have kind of co-sponsored this week's show, because they're the company behind that telephone number, and they've given us that service gratis for some two and a half years. So big thank thumbs up to you, Thank you very much, sir. Nick. Thank, thank you, you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. On social media, specifically the Twitters, you can find us where we're at Dumpty Dum. Me, I'm at Royfield. So if you want to pull me up about my malapropisms, about my general inarticulateness, or just general fuck wittery, whoops, uh, you can tweet me at <laughs> R-O-I-F-I-E-L-D, <coughs> at Royfield. Harriet is at Shambridges. And uh, Sarah Smith is at Sarah underscore Smith. And I am at Lucy V. Freeman. On the Book of Face, where we have 1,400 like lurkers, you can just go there, do some stuff, hang out with other people that just want to talk about the archers and occasionally dum-de-dum as well. So, well done, Millie Bell for Martian, all of that. Lucy V. Freeman, is there anything you would like to say before we go? Yes, there is. Please, thank Ooh, you. Go. I made some cheese. Um, <laughs> I went on a cheese-making course. Mm-hmm. Because um, and I've made a cheese. I've made a soft cheese and a hard cheese and a blue cheese. Mm-hmm. And I have called the the soft cheese because that's my favourite sort of cheese. Solidarity with Helen. Ah, so it is in my fridge, mm-hmm. bouldering away like bilio, which is apparently what it's supposed to do. Although I'm a bit unclear about that. Um, and I have to wash it in various things, and mm-hmm. then I can eat it. And I will take a photo of it. So people can see my solidarity with Helen Cheese. And cheese making is really hard, can I just say. It is extremely physical and you're hauling massive great buckets of stuff around. And it's the temperature. You have to be so careful because if it gets too hot, it it kills it. And if it gets too cold, it stops working. It's very, very complicated. Um, so I was very impressed with Helen for producing consistent. And apparently the man said it's co- your personality comes out in the cheese that you make because it's kind of the conditions that you're in when you make it and everything. And it was all really interesting, actually. Mm-hmm. There we are. I've shut up about cheese. Now. Awesome. Well done. I've just gone to Facebook and I yes. thought for a moment, I genuinely thought this, that there was a new kind of status on Facebook. 
because I read this as Linda still likes Dum De Dum. I thought, oh, so you've liked it, and <laughs> after a certain amount of time, you still like it. But her name genuinely is Linda Still. <laughs> I thought, oh, that's really nice of you, Linda. You still like us, but it's a capital S. <laughs> well done, Linda Still. <laughs> <laughs> right then, I think that's uh, perfect. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance, United Healthcare Tri-Term medical plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market time for us to say and bid you farewell toodle pip bye cool that's a nice little short one this week yeah good